Welcome to the Bear Ash Podcast. I'm Chase. And I'm Manuel. Oh, um, is Manny there? Uh, yes, one moment. <laughs> hey, I'm Manny. Oh, that, that seemed scary. <laughs> yep. What's up, buddy? Oh, I'm, I need a cigar, man. Hey, me too. Me too. <laughs> Uh, if this uh, happens to be your first time tuning in on this random episode, we're sorry. Yeah, first off, we apologize and let us know how bad we are, please. Please. Um, but this is a podcast where we smoke and review cigars and review reviews of cigars. So what do we have here? We, I'm first of all. Now that I'm sitting here, I'm really excited for this. When you first asked if I wanted to do a show, I was kind of tired. But I feel like I deserve this smoke. And I deserve wow. it because it was gifted to me. Wow, this I'm is, entitled. seems like a running theme. Because I'm a millennial. <laughs> uh, so, sir, thank you very much. This is a treat. This is the Liga Pravada T52, baby. Mm-mm-mm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually lighting mine right now. Oh, oh, what's that sound? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I know you that like we smoked that? a couple of Liga Pravadas here on this podcast, but uh, for some reason we haven't gotten around to the T-52. I thought for sure we had. Mm-mm. I think what it is is you were just too cheap to buy one, so you waited till I gifted one to you. Well, it worked. Oh, yeah, it did. Oh my, that is a delicious. I mean, what Thank a way to sir. start, you know? Thank I mean, you, already sir. delicious. Delicious. So this is the Liga Privada T52 um, by Drew Estate, which, I mean, for anyone who knows anything, it is our favorite. Wow. Our favorite, regardless of what we might say about Jonathan Drew and his looks. <laughs> um, it is our favorite brand. Yes. Hmm. After White See, Owl. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Garcia <laughs> Vegas up there. Yes, yep. The T-52 is a super dark, super oily cigar. Um, I'm sure you're going to read some stats in a minute that I have no idea about. But this, similar to the Liga Pravada number 9, it like the tobacco won't absorb your spit. Your spit beads up on it because it's so oily. Mm-hmm. Already. And and I mean, I just lit this thing. And it's not even, uh, I wouldn't say yet, a full-bodied cigar. It's pretty mild so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in my mind, it doesn't ever pick up to be a full-bodied cigar. But it is, if memory serves me correctly, kind of a more dry, bittery taste. Um, it is. Like it's, like, it's not very sweet when I've had no. these before. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite shape to smoke chase you know me so well inside and out yeah i do what the, i can you know the toro mm-hmm. oh and i do have to say I, i've actually had a couple of decent cigars over this past weekend um one was the drew estate miami um which is a delicious oh. smoke i'm pretty sure we've done a review on that i think so um and i tried a new cigar for the first time this weekend while watching an outdoor movie at our home. This is what we do during COVID, I guess. 
But uh, but that was a, a Toro Fuente the Man, which was delicious, um, and cost more than this cigar right here. But really, I mean, not, yeah. Now that I'm lighting the cigar, though, I mean this is it, this is more delicious than the Man, in my opinion. This smells so good. Mm-hmm. I have it sitting here on my computer, my work mm. computer, which I'm sure will stink if I ever need to turn it in. Yeah. And the smoke is just wafting over my face. I'm sure my wife will oh, appreciate that later I'm on. I'm sure she will. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is typically a little, I mean, compared to like the number nine, this is a little bit more of a drier taste, which is why I've, I've decided to pair it with something sweet. So you uh, need kinda, some lube. It's so uh, dry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know oh, that I'd sorry. say that. Unless you're considering a sweet beverage loop. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, I'll remember that next time I'm ordering something sweet. <laughs> Some lube, <Ew>. please. <laughs> next time I order a coffee, I'll ask for a little extra lube in there. <laughs> I like it black with extra lube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, but I, I, I concocted my own... Um, I, I don't know what I would call it. I guess it's kind of like a margarita. Um, in the sense that it has tequila and triple sec. But along with that, Manny, is a little orange juice and pineapple juice. Oh, look at you. What do you call it? you got to come up with a name for it. I call it the juicer. <laughs> you know, I almost well, called you today with a question about coming up with a funny like term or a funny series of words, and I gave up. Because every time I try, you just don't, you're not even interested. Well, you don't think the juicer works? The juicer. Yeah, how about Splash of Paradise? Now, uh-huh. now we're talking. Now we're See? talking. That's... See? I got, I got it in me. Oh. So so you have tequila, triple sec, orange uh-huh. juice, and pineapple juice. Uh-huh. Okay. That actually sounds pretty good. Do you have ice in it, like a man? Uh, of course I do. With an umbrella, like a man? Uh, with a little, little slice of orange and pineapple in there. <laughs> no, I didn't go that far. But I do have it in a turquoise cup, like a man. Nice. Mm. Oh, the cigar. Yeah, oh. man. Oh! 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 Yeah. Okay, oh. That's, that's... So good. That, that's, that's a little uncalled for. It's just so good. Isn't it? Don't you want to make is. those noises with me? It is absolutely delicious, and no, I don't. <clears throat> um, this cigar I've probably had, along with the one that you have over there, I've had in my humidor for probably a year. Oh, keep talking. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know that I've ever let a T52 rest that long in my humidor. And it seems to be even smoother than it typically is. Yes, I think you're correct. I was actually I was remarking how smooth it is for a T52. Um, mm, I, I taste I cream. <laughs> I bought. <coughs> oh, <coughs> excuse me. Well, got that COVID. Oh man, again. <laughs> I bought. Uh, what was I even saying? You know what? You go. Yeah, I, you were saying that you bought something. <laughs> I know. I can't remember what. <laughs> oh, um, I in remember. In regards to how smooth the cigar yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Oh. I bought uh, the tins of the T fifty two, like mm-hmm. the cigarillos, mm-hmm. and they were very good. But you need the presentation of a full-size cigar like this. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really appreciate it when you're just smoking down a little cigarillo. No, and it, 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 trust me, it's like the best cigarillo <coughs> ever, but this is far better. 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I believe they make two different undercrowns now in that Cigarello. I think they have all of them now, and they have oh. the number nines, the T-52s. They have the Tabak. So, do they really? Yes. Oh, see that one I but, didn't know, but I know they had the Shade, the, uh, the Maduro, and the... Oh, the Sun Grown, I'm not sure about. I don't think they have the Sun Grown. Okay. Um, have you ever smoked a Tabak? No. I can't imagine you being a fan of it. It is a coffee-infused blend. Sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. I like coffee, and I like cigars, and I like pairing them. I don't like them combined in the same item. Well, you could just light one of those little cigarillos up in the morning and skip your coffee altogether. Yeah, you think? Yeah, why not? I don't, know if, it's, I don't know if it's caffeinated, but... Yeah, great way to quit coffee, I guess. My guess is yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's caffeine in the if tobacco. Ca- yeah, if, if your coffee habit's getting too unhealthy for you, switch to coffee-flavored cigarillos. I think my dog got a hold of one of my co- uh, chocolate-covered coffee beans earlier because he was acting Uh-oh. all crazy. Uh-oh. Yeah, he'll be all right. He's acting all crazy and crapping all over the place? No, you need to eat a lot more to have that effect. He just mm. ate one bean. Wow. Yep. Oh, now who's the racist? Sorry, I was referring back to one of our later episodes where I was called a racist for using the word bean. <laughs> But clearly yeah. you don't remember that, yeah. so I'm glad well, that, that my racism didn't stick it's with all you. About, it's all about intent, so you must have meant something by it. Yeah, I mean, I probably did. Yeah, I would assume so. So. Knowing me. Um, do you have any reviews on this cigar? I do have some reviews, but Manny, first I, I just have to share a story with you. Oh, yeah? Um, now, it was kind of up in the air whether or not we're going to be recording this episode tonight. But uh, I did decide that either way, I needed to have a cigar. I needed to have a cigar. I needed to have a drink. Um, it was, in my mind, a long evening and night for me. Um, me and my the boys. road is long. A long, long road. With many winding turns. See, a few of you tuned into this episode and said, you know what? I really miss the music in the intro. We got you covered. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I had to interject. Please proceed. Yes. Um, Anyways, uh, I have been on the lookout for a... I know we've talked on this podcast, uh, not at length, but enough that people would know that we enjoy fishing. Um, And here in Virginia, myself and my two kids do a lot of bank fishing. We do not have access to a boat. We do not own a boat. I have a friend who owns a boat, but he has been... Busy tournamenting around, catching some giant bass here in the state of Virginia. Huh. Um, so we That's have not cool, yet. Was cool that? verb. Cool verb. What? Tormenting? Terminating? Terminating. Tormenting is also a cool word for the record. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Your buddy with a boat. Yeah, my buddy with a boat. Uh, so I've, I've been on the lookout for an inexpensive, entry-level kind of boat for us to fool around with. And today, Manny, I found it. You're now officially a boat owner. Boat now owner, officially a boat owner, yeah. I am <laughs> not, not a... No, not, no, not a butt owner. No, <laughs> that's not me. There may be some, but that's not yeah, me. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I found myself an eight-foot dinghy. Eight foot four to be exact. 
um, which is perfect for myself and my two boys to hop out in some of the smaller lakes around here where we are in Virginia. Um, oftentimes, if I find a good deal on a boat on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or any of that mumbo-jumbo, um, by the time I'm seeing it and asking if it's available, it's long gone. So today, I happened to stumble on something that was like posted up like today, and he replied, and I gave him a counter offer, and he immediately accepted. So me and my boys went out to buy a boat with the hopes that we would already take it out tonight and test it out on the open water. Um, but Manny, what's something that you need, especially when you're taking children out on a boat, and also to be a legal boat um, rower? Oh, to be out on the water, technically? Yes. All right. You need gun. You need X amount of cash, probably $150. Wait. You need about a K. No, no. We're not, we're, not, we're not crossing any kind of border here. I'm just saying, like, you know, you want to be prepared. You need flares. You need a CB, ra- or a, yeah, CB radio. All right. Think a little more simpler than that. Life jackets. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Life jackets. Now, we live pretty close to the Potomac River, not too far from the Chesapeake Bay. Um, quite a bit of stores that have angling tools. Um, even some stores like West Marine that you know, sell boats, specifically. Uh, we visited, I don't know, 11 different stores tonight. Mm-hmm. And could not find life jackets anywhere. Yep, we did find some at West Marine, but there I was just looking for those like simple orange, like you know, ten, fifteen dollar life vests. Yeah, um, and I'm fine with just like a cushion that works as a flotation device. But yeah, you know, I figure for the kids it'd be good for them to have an actual vest on. Um, and we can't. I mean, I found some at West Marine that were like sixty bucks minimum. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we struck out everywhere we went, and every place I called, they told me they couldn't tell me. Actually, Walmart, if you call any Walmart number, they let you know that their associates cannot tell you what they have or do not have in stock. Why? Because it might be bought out by the time you get there? No, apparently because of COVID. They just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that's that's a side effect of COVID. I'm I'm not even joking. They say that in the message. (laughs) They don't know because of COVID what they have in stock? Well, because of of COVID-19, our associates will not be able to answer whether or not we have items in stock. (laughs) In their defense, the virus could have mutated to overtake their uh, computer systems and screwed up their, yeah. you know, stock. Or just their brains. That's true. Um, so, so you yeah, guys didn't so get we, to go out, huh? We did not. No, we, we literally got home at like 9.07. We picked Sucks. that boat up at 4.30. And we were shopping ever since. So, uh, so yeah, anyways. Order them online. Um, that's what I did. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking we might have to do. Um... Although my, my almost 11-year-old was 100% sure in his argument that Boat U.S. is a place to buy boating stuff, even though I explained to him that it was boat insurance. <laughs> but he, he, he very willingly argued for about 45 minutes that it was not boat insurance, even though I showed him the website for boat insurance. <laughs> Did you take him in? No, we drove by one on the highway, and he was like, that, that's going to have life vests. Yeah, it's called Boat US. It's definitely going to have life vests. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyways, that's my little rant. After that long, that long, long night of shopping with my two kids um, and getting nothing but a net. We did buy a net. 
Congratulations. Um, you could net yeah. your kids out of the water. That's right. That's what I figure. <laughs> I can at least hoist one of their legs in there and drag them back to shore. Or just get a nice big treble hook and snag them back in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So let me ask you. I know Goodness. you're kind of scared of registering it and putting a little motor on it. Um, Pardon you? If you if I did all the paperwork for you, would you register it? Um, I'm not scared of registering it. Oh, I'm sorry. Terrified? Is that a better word? No, I just don't I don't have a motor right now. <laughs> okay, if you had a motor, would you register your boat? Yeah, I'd have to. <laughs> you were like what is this question? <laughs> you were like refusing to do it cuz I, I was like are you going to buy a motor? And you said, "No, cuz then I'd have to register it." As if I was the dumb one for asking. I don't know. That's how it went. That's ex- ex- verbatim, dude. It's Latin. Look it up. Um, when I budget for a little, a little, little trolling motor, um, <laughs> which I mean, you know, I did, I did, I did check with my bride before going out and spending three hundred dollars on this boat. Um, because that's just what you do in a marriage, you know. Um, I mean, I had already deposited the cash in preparation of buying it anyway. <laughs> Such a good husband. But, you know, I figured I'd check with her and talk her into it. Um, sure. But uh, but anyways, I was like, we don't need a motor for right now. The lakes that we'd go to are very easy to just row our, ourselves out to where we want to be. Um, and, yeah, uh, one of the main lakes that we typically fish, you cannot have a gas-powered motor anyway. So trolling motor would be perfect. Although I have seen a couple pictures of these little dinghies with, like, gas-powered engines on them. Yeah, you can get like a 1.5 or a two-horse gas motor, or yeah, mm-hmm. you can just get a, an electric motor that recharges. That way you don't have to worry about gas either. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will have to register the boat. I will have to do some research on a boat like this that didn't have like a, you know, it didn't come with a title or any paperwork whatsoever. I could help you. Um, yeah, so I'll just have to go through that process. Did you get a bill of sale from that shyster that sold you that? I didn't. But uh, uh, uh. He, he did say, first of all, he's a colonel in the Marine Corps. Um, oh, and uh, so he was like, hey, if you have any issues whatsoever, let me know. You know, if you, you save my number, give me a call. Um, yeah, so there you go. So maybe, uh, so if I needed a bill of sale, I'm sure we could throw one together. You're like, hey, I'm pretty lonely. Can I come over and fill out a bill of sale with you? Yeah, but but I do I do want to I mean I know we got to get to cigar reviews, but I do want to tell you about this boat. No, man. more boat talk. Good. So it's not just an eight foot dinghy. Come to find out, I didn't realize this in my research pre buying it, but you can buy kits for these boats and convert them into sailboats. Ooh, which is kind of cool. I'll give you an eight foot dinghy. I'm just allowing the crickets to fill in that space for you. There's so many crickets, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. I had to go out on our back patio to uh, retrieve my ashtray, and I was barefoot. And I, I swear to you, I stepped on at least three crickets. Oh, do you remember when we gross. were house-sitting in Wilton, and I stepped on all those dead mice? Do you remember that? Or no. we stepped on all those dead mice? All right. Our buddy. We were, you. I think you were house-sitting, that giant house that had, like, a pool house. Oh, yeah. So it had, I, I, I mean, I kid you not, what, a dozen, 15 bedrooms in that place? It was insane. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. And the little guest house. Oh, it, a whole entire party house with bedrooms, restrooms, in addition. To, anyway, so I came over, and of course, we were having fun and whatever. 
And we decided to go investigate because there's this part of the attic that, like, the light switch didn't work to. Mm-hmm. So we we went upstairs, and uh, I don't even know if I had a flashlight. I don't think so. So no. we just we just kind of made like a line through the dark attic to get to this room. And we didn't have iPhones back then. No, I don't even know if we had cell phones back then, to be honest. <laughs> but there's all this crunching on the floor as we were walking, and I believe we were in socks. Yeah, I'm remembering this now. Yeah. And we definitely stepped on some crunchy things on the ground, made it to the bedroom, turned on the light, and this creepy bedroom back behind this nasty attic with no lights in it was a completely pink, plush bedroom. It had like a little pink bed, a little pink chair, a little mirror. It was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Then we looked... After we turned the light on, I realized all the little crunchy things were mice we were stepping on to get there. Oh, yeah. Dead mice, all dried up. Yep. Oh, that was so creepy. I think that's where their illegitimate daughter slept. Ugh. How many kids do you think were killed in that attic? Killed? I don't know. Probably not many. What's not many to you? (laughs) Eight? (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a well-rounded number. Baker's dozen? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Crickets and mice. Fun to step on. Yeah, man. But yeah, anyways, I'm excited about that boat. I I can tell you're very excited about this boat. Um, uh, How's your cigar, by the way? Mm. It's delicious, man. Are you going to build a humidor in your boat? Uh, Yeah, probably. Nice. Yeah. Just to take up some of the very limited weight that it'll hold. Yep. Hey, do you want to hear a review? Uh, you know, I'd love to hear a review. Thank you. You know what? That's quality hosting right there, Manny. Bring us I'm back on I'm just going to transition track. right on. I've got a review right here. Yes. Of the Liga Pravada T52 Toro. Mm. Posted by Toans. Hey, wow. guys. Oh, sorry. Ready? Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> hey, guys. To properly say goodbye to the year commonly known as 2013. Oh, this is old. That's all right. Same cigar. I decided to smoke and review one of the more special cigars in my stash, the Liga Pravada T52. So without any further ado, let's get it cut and lit up. Uh, uh, I'm not going to look at his pictures. This super dark, super smooth, and slightly toothy wrapper comes in at 6 inches and 52 ring gauge. After cutting and lighting incredibly well, the initial draw was that of a dark earth and sweetness, which transitioned to a spicy sweet finish, leaving just a bit of a tingle on the tongue. Medium full bodied to start things off. Getting about an inch into the cigar, the flavor... The flavors developed quite nicely. At the start of the draw, there was a general sweetness present right away, which was quickly joined by a nice spice that carried over into the finish, bringing with it a slight tingle on the tongue. Very rich and smooth flavors. Even the spicy tingle was smooth instead of rough like it sometimes can be. Perfect draw, typical Drew Estate smoke output and flawless construction Mm. thus Mm. far. Continuing on, 
Oh, let me let me puff it so I can taste exactly what he's writing about. As I got halfway into the cigar, the flavor profile had changed quite a bit. The previous general sweetness had morphed into a dark caramel. <gasps> oh, and it was it's like joined, a Power Ranger. <laughs> and it was joined by a smooth leather, which transitioned into a familiar spice finish. I wait, did wait, have... Wait, wait, wait. What is the spice, if it's so familiar? From earlier, maybe? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I did have to touch up one side, but it was just a small touch up and didn't hinder the experience at all. As I got to the last third of the cigar, the dark caramel flavor had remained the dominating flavor of the draw, and it lightened up back into that general sweetness for the finish. As I neared the nub, the spice came back for the finish, becoming very creamy. Well, I to taste cream. <laughs> Total smoke time was two hours. Yeah, baby. So, he named some things in there. I'm curious if you also taste them. Uh, he mentioned earth and sweetness and a spicy tingle on the tongue. All right. I don't taste the sweetness. I, don't, I still don't know what earth tastes like. But I do have a tingle on the tongue. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. A tingle on the... You have a got, tingle on the tongue? Got a little tingle on the tongue, yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't know. I just do. I feel... I mean, that's often what happens when I smoke a cigar. I was going to ask, is that because you're smoking a cigar? Or, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's nothing new, that's for sure. It's nothing specific to this blend. I don't think when they... When uh, the gang, Jonathan Drew, Steve Saka... And Nicholas Malio blended the cigar. I don't think they said, hey, this is the part where you get that tingle in the tongue. <laughs> yeah, put more of that tingly in there. Get, get that tingle in there. <laughs> tingle it up. So, Need more tingle. So, yeah. So, yeah. I've got, I've got one out of three for her. Or him. Sorry. Um, I don't think it's spicy at all. No. That's what he meant. And dark caramel? What do you taste? Mm. I know you taste cream. I do taste cream. Um, I mean, there is something that is a little, like a little bit sweet. Like a molasses? Yeah, like, or almost like a, you're going to make fun of me for this. Probably. Almost like a, not a cake, but like a dessert bread. What is a dessert bread? Uh, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that caramel he mentioned. Okay, like, I, I, I could I could see that, especially on the retro. I taste that. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, maybe it's so well blended. Honestly, it's hard to pick out individual flavors. Yeah. I mean, do you taste any of those things? Hmm. Well, I never get when honestly, I don't get when people put leather in there. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. I've never tasted leather, first of all. I have. Well, that's weird. <laughs> we don't need to get into that on this episode. Hey, everyone's their own individual. Yeah, some people <laughs> just enjoy different things, right? No, I've I have tasted leather, and I do not taste leather on this cigar. I don't well, know what then. that means. 
I've smelt leather, and I don't taste something that tastes like the smell of leather. You smelt it. <laughs> Why is that even funny? <laughs> you know what? Hmm. It's hard to put my finger on it. You know what I'm going to say? You might make fun of me for this. I'm going to say New York City toasted nuts. There you go. I can see that. Toasted nuts. Mm-hmm. See, Dude. I was almost thinking of like, a, what is that called? Like <coughs> mon monkey bread or something like that that has the nuts and fruits in it? Oh, I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. So I, I, could, I could see. <clears throat> That's kind of what I was thinking with the dessert bread. Dude, but so I can how... see where you're coming from. How wonderful to walk around New York City with one of these, nibbling on peanuts, oh, sipping from a flask. Dude, too bad you probably aren't allowed to walk around New York City with a cigar anymore. You could cut a hole in your mask. Yeah. <laughs> even, before, even before everyone was masked up, I feel like they were prohibiting smoking from every entrance to every building. Hey, I just came up with a new invention. What's this? The glory mask. <laughs> a mask with a hole in it. For cigars. <laughs> For eating and cigars, yeah. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> oh. Well, Manny, I have another review if you want to see if we can pick up anything that these gentlemen are tasting. I'll let you read one review. That's it. Yep, you get one, so make it a good one. All right. Well, technically this is foreign one, so ha! <laughs> Cigar Info. The Liga Pravada T52 was released on 2009 and was a follow-up to 2007 Liga Pravada's number nine. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's better. The initial Vitolas available were the Robusto and Toro, later followed by 2010 by the Double Corona and Bellicoso. Liga Pravada climbed to legendary status a wow. few years ago because of its media buzz and rarity. But luckily for consumers, it has become more readily available. Today we'll be reviewing the Drew Estate Liga Pravada T52 Robusto. So it's not, not what we're smoking, but still. Okay, okay. Um, so this is by, I, I, I'm going to give props. Typically I like to find ones to make fun of. There's not a ton to make fun of in this review. Um, but this is Blind Man's Puff. And they do reviews to where they do a complete blind taste test. Like they, or blind review, not a taste test. Like he takes the labels off, gives three or four people a cigar, and then they just review it based on just the cigar smoking experience. Okay. And nothing can come from like, oh, well, I know this is a T52 or this is a brand I like or this is a cigar I typically smoke, you know? Anyways, the blend for the Liga Pravada T52 starts with a Connecticut River Valley stock cut and cured Habano wrapper, followed by a Brazilian Matafina binder and Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. The unique part of the T52 is its stock cut wrapper. Normally, each leaf of the tobacco plant is cut and hung in a curing barn for weeks. Would stock-cut tobacco, the entire stalk, middle part of the plant that holds the leaves on, is cut and hung intact from the barn. This allows the stalk to provide nutrients to the leaves even after being cut and makes for a richer, more hardy tobacco leaf. This oh. is also a more expensive process. So we can assume that this cigar is healthy for us since it provides more nutrients during the curing process. Yeah, I can taste the vitamins. Yep, so I already went over what the cigar makeup is. The blender is Jonathan Drew, Steve Saka, uh, and Nicholas Malio. Um, like I said, there are four reviewers in this. Um, the price was twelve fifteen that he purchased the cigar for. I'd say they're around here. They're around like the $14 range. Mm-hmm. 
um, aged eight months in the humidor. Um, but it's also important to mention that Drew Estate does claim that all of their, all at least all of their Liga Privada Unica Series cigars are already aged, what is it, six months before they release them? So they're saying it's ready to go? They're saying it's ready to go. <clears throat> so that would only be the second thing I disagree with them on. That's not ready to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it technically is, but in my mind, a cigar that rests longer is always better. These, yeah, the, uh, all of the Ligas I bought do better after six months in the humidor. All right, here we go. Um, I'm just going to read all of them because they just give kind of short, like, short little uh, inserts here about how they feel about the cigar. It. The sweetness gains steam as the spice dials back. Burnt cream, also a smoky allspice, abruptly leaves. That's one oh. of the comments. <laughs> Musty leather and sweet, slightly burnt sugar usher in the beginning of round two. The burn gets all sideways again and requires yet another touch-up to keep up one side. Nothing changed on the way out of this third. However, the profile was quite enjoyable. Strength continued to increase in the final third, with the cigar ending as a full-strength stick. No flavor changes were detected. Um, considering this guy didn't have a lot of great things to say, oh, he does go into near the very end. I started to pick up a dark berry flavor. <laughs> What's this person's name? Um, this is four different reviewers. Okay. Uh, so their names don't really matter. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, free-flowing but not airy is one of the comments on, on this cigar from one of these reviewers. Huh. This stick produced a lot of smoke. It reminded me quite a bit of the Drew Estate Liga Privada line. Remember, this is a blind taste test. <laughs> With its oh, smoke yeah, volume right. and color, the ash produced was a little on the flaky side. There you go. See, he, he, he was calling it out. Mm-hmm. Overall, this is a tasty stick that fell short of being a big crowd pleaser. Ooh. The first third was teeming with flavors. However, um, there on out it got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought maybe I was just like forgot how to read for a minute, but <laughs> now that I say it out loud, I'm like, oh no, that's just wrong. The burn <laughs> issues also detracted from the experience as multiple touch-ups were required as well. I've definitely give this one another go around though. Um, had the stick, I got not had the construction issues. <laughs> All right, well, clearly these guys are not checking their writing. I'd like to give it another try sometime down the road and see how one without the draw and wrapper issues I experienced turns out. I wonder if this dude who had the, all these guys give their, give their reviews just got like a bad batch because it seems like all four of them had some type of construction issues with their cigar. Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't even ever recall having a burn issue with any of the Ligas. No. Although, as we're saying this, and it, it started to go out a little bit, but it seems to be burning in the inside of my cigar and not the wrapper for a good uh, quarter inch. Uh, oh, time to touch it up. Mm -hmm. But not worth complaining go. about. Just fix it like a man and shut up. Just as we were saying it. Yep. So there you go. That's my one review I guess I'm allowed to have. Uh, why, do you have another one? Oh, I mean, 
you know, I always I always got to give my boy Coneheed some uh, some props, you know. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, you sure? Yes. All right, he gets into the details about the cigar. Talks about how he hasn't reviewed the cigar. Even though every time, for anyone that has listened to any of my reviews, I often pick this guy to laugh at his reviews about. Um, he always talks about how cigars need more humidor rest time. But yeah, he says, I've allowed it to humidor rest for almost six weeks, which should give me some solid insights. <laughs> wow, a whole month and a half. I'm sure at some point he's going to say, I should have let the cigar rest longer. <laughs> uh, he talks about Drew Estate trying to market themselves by saying that they have the stock-cut nature of the wrapper. He always talks smack about Drew Estate. Hmm. Um, this is considered their quote-unquote private blend, which he also talks about a marketing, it's a marketing ploy. Um, probably frustrating the hell out of the rollers as they had to keep inventing new blends for themselves because the story is that they've made this cigar for themselves. Uh, anyways, someone sent me the stick, so I actually don't really know how much humidor time it had before it got to me, which is interesting because he just stated how much humidor, <laughs> humidor time it had. <laughs> Construction is gorgeous, although I wish the cigar's wrapper had more oil to shimmer in the sunlight. Instead, it has more of a matte finish. The wrapper is a dark coffee bean color, almost a scoro in color. Seams are invisible with a modicum of veins. The triple cap is a work of art. There is tooth in some places and very smooth in others. Do you know what tooth is, Manny? For flavor? Or like nope. For in the... appearance. Well... I know that there's toothed leaves, so he must mean like the the leaf has like a jagged toothy edge, is my guess. Nope. What does he mean? First of all, we've discussed this on this very podcast. Doesn't mean I remember it, but... Yeah, well, you should have listened to it at least three times. Okay, go ahead. Um, but uh, basically, if you look at your cigar and you look at the wrapper, um, it almost has little little like dots, like little... I don't know what oh, you'd yeah. call them. Just like little stipples that protrude off of the wrapper. That would be considered a toothy wrapper. Okay. Yep. Don't worry. This is going to get good. I know it's a little boring right now. No, um, no, no. It's great. Here it goes. I clip the cap and find aromas of barbecue meat. <laughs> M- mind you, this is the T-52. Fire-cured oak, a strong hickory smell with a nice brown sugar sweetness. The aroma is so strong that I began typing this. The aroma wafted gently up to my nose, causing me to look down at the cigar I was reviewing. Me thinks that the gen- this is what he says. Me thinks that the generous person that gifted me the cigar had it stored with a Drew Estate Muwak Kentucky Fire Cured. All right, that might make sense. The hickory collection of aromas overwhelms any other nose sensory elements. Time to light up. First flavors are dry like oak and cedar. Then comes a wallop of black pepper. The cigar storms out of the gate with complex list of flavors. Leather, spice, coffee, lemon, citrus, caramel, and sweetness. 
The char line starts out wavy, but no need to panic yet. The cigars jammed the gullets with tobacco. Well, that, that's good. Um, and hence a very slow smoke. As it is not an, expense, an inexpensive cigar, I do expect a lot from it. I hope it proves my theory wrong about money over substance in the mystical land of Drew Estate. Oh, I'm pulling for you, buddy. Such a bad writer. Mm, he thinks he's a very good writer, as he often has very long reviews. Um, all right. He gets down to the bottom of the first third, but the flavors of meatiness and burnt oak remain a high point. The sweetness slips a couple of notches as well, allowing the earthiness of the cigar to be the tip of the spear. Oh, goodness. Flavors are added and more crystallized. Don't know what that means. Sweetness, earthiness, coffee, cocoa, cream, burnt oak, spice citrus, both lemon and orange, and leather. I've smoked 15 minutes and only reached one inch of ash. Well, one thing is for certain. You get your money's worth out of this duration of smoking time. Okay. Nearing the end of the first third, the cigar explodes into flavor bomb status. <laughs> Creaminess leads the pack. <laughs> the smoky hickory flavor is gone now, and the spiciness has disappeared. Too bad. I like my cigars with a bit of oomph right to the end. Maybe it will make a comeback in the last third. Holy bleep, what a cigar. This stick is so complex that my crappy use of the English language will help um, with the help of the thesaurus doesn't do enough justice. Well, he goes on to say this is truly a high premier cigar. It is worth almost $15. Or is it worth almost $15? I think it's what he meant to say, because there's a question mark. Of course not. I've smoked some great 7 to $9 cigars that are just about as good as this stick. So, well, there you go. Again, he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thanks, Cone Heed. This cigar is amazing. You know, yeah. it... This cigar made that review tolerable to listen to. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> oh, so there you go. That's my reviews, Manny. Oh, wow. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. Where are you in the cigar right now? I'm probably about halfway. Little, little before halfway. Okay. Okay, I'm right about smoking it for way. about 40 minutes. So it's going to put this bad boy at like an hour and a half at most. Hour and 20 probably. Would be my guess. What are we at now? 43 minutes? Yeah. Yep. See that? So I don't know if mm. you've noticed, Chase. Yeah. Um, there is definitely a coin shortage in the united states right now i'm not sure if you're aware that's what i've been told um based on signs at every store that so even though not, they ask that you don't use cash i always do and they always <laughs> have coins for me do you do that on principle uh mainly yes <laughs> uh, so you probably have plenty of change but just on principle you'd rather pay in cash 
Yeah, there is a coin shortage, and it's all piled up in my eight-year-old's bedroom somewhere. So oh, it's all in my car. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't uh, give you change in some places. Uh, I've never experienced where they don't give you change. I've experienced they've requested to do exact change, and I've just told them no. <laughs> and then they still give me the change that I need. <laughs> so, yep. so has, has anyone expressed fear about the coin shortage? Um, I mean, not, not besides people working at stores that are saying that there's a coin shortage. No. <laughs> Interesting. I did at one point at a McDonald's, I used cash, and they requested that I use debit. And I said, well, I have cash. And then they asked if I had any change. And I said, nope, I just have bills. And then they gave me the change. And then without thinking about it, like it wasn't deliberate, but I took the change they gave me and stuck it in the Ronald McDonald house bin. <laughs> oh, good for you. And then, and then after, I was just like, hmm, I wonder if that seemed like uh, I was being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, turns out there's, believe it or not, not a coin shortage. Because huh? that doesn't make sense. Right. What? <laughs> so Forbes magazine has an article entitled, Is There Really a Coin Shortage? <clears throat> would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. That way well, I'm not just going on my own conspiracy theories. It's kind of long, but I'll save you some of the trouble. On June 11th, the Federal Reserve acknowledged that the COVID-19 pandemic <gasps> has disrupted the, quote, normal circulation patterns for U.S. coin. But does this mean the U.S. is actually running out of coins? <laughs> Logically, let's think about that. All right. So, so yeah, they're all in the fountains at the mall. Oh, wait, the malls are closed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, in the past few months, coin deposits from the depository institutions to the Federal Reserve have declined significantly, and the U.S. Mint's production of coin also decreased due to measures put in place to protect its employees. The Federal Reserve is working on several fronts to mitigate the effects of low coin inventories. Um, experts say this isn't a coin shortage, it's a circulation disruption. Um, Yi Ming Ma! Assistant professor in the finance division of the Columbia Business School says describing the current coin circulation disruption as a coin shortage isn't entirely accurate. Oh. So, this is actually kind of interesting. Ma says businesses that primarily take coins, such as laundromats, vending machines, and car washes, likely stopped operating during the pandemic due to social distancing and stay-at-home measures. These businesses are usually key components in getting coins back to the banks to redistribute back into the economy. Since they weren't receiving coins, the flow of them back into the economy has been significantly reduced. Uh, the coins just aren't circulating fast enough to meet the demand, says... Who's this person? <laughs> Miller? Who's Miller? <laughs> I missed something. This Stephen is, Miller, Miller. D director of Steve the Center Miller. For, for, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, that's Fly Like an Eagle. Stephen Miller, director of the Center for Business and Economic Research at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, explains how the low, ve low velocity is affecting consumers and business. So, is the current coin disruption worth stressing over? Experiencing Absolutely. A disruption in currency can be anxiety inducing, especially during a <laughs> pandemic, because they would know. To all these people that already... don't even carry cash around. 
when there's already so much uncertainty. Some consumers might be thinking, is the country running out of money? Mm. According to Steve Miller, the country isn't running out of money. There are just more coins sitting in pots at home instead of circulating through the economy. Yeah. Now, since bank coin suppliers are lower than normal, the banks are forced to be more intentional with how many coins they give to businesses. This is why your local gas station may be offering to pay you for any coins you might have on hand or ask you to pay with exact change. Although a lack of available coins may sound scary, existing research may suggest that the disruption only affects a portion of transactions in the U.S. The Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco reports credit and debit cards accounted for 51% of payments in 2018. Consumers use cash in only 26% of total payments, and most cash used for payments under $10. Okay. Uh, this goes on and on for a long time. Ma says the Federal Reserve should be thoughtful about how it plans to solve the issue. Flooding the economy with more coins won't necessarily help those who need it the most. Who needs coins the most? <laughs> it's not... The people that can't one... do their laundry, apparently? <laughs> Video game addicts? <laughs> Dave and Buster's a... is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Mini golf, man. No one's golfing. Yeah, and penny slots. Uh, it's not a one day and everything is solved type of problem, Ma says. We should be thinking about how to allocate distribution so it's taken back in a way to help communities and businesses that are in the most need of coins. It's easier said than done. There you go. Wow. So I've yeah. been right this whole time. That there's no coin shortage? Yeah. You're correct. There's no coin shortage. I mean, I always hate to hear that I'm right, you know? Yeah, you must really... I mean, it happens a lot. It must really get yeah. to you. Yeah, it really bothers me. <laughs> I mean, I, I even predicted it would bother me, so I'm just right again. Oh, my leg is falling asleep, dude. I think the cigar is causing it. Uh-oh. Why? What happened to your leg, Manny? Oh, you know, I just kneeled on a giant piece of glass that went into my knee. That's all. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I spent the day in the hospital, and now I'm on heavy antibiotics, and uh, it was terrible. So, that's Hopefully that. We don't need to talk about tetanus. it anymore. You know, I'm pretty tough. Hmm. I, had, I think I updated it last year. I, I did feel your pain today. I did stab myself in the hand with a utility knife. I don't think that's the same, but I appreciate the the gesture. Um, I'm sorry, but you can't assume my my learned experiences. That makes no sense, but in one yeah. regard, you are right that that may hurt you just as much as this hurt me, so that's possible. I doubt it. I'm joking. I'm going to hurt you emotionally and make it even. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> oh, well, Manny, I think that probably the best thing we can all do to help out with this coin shortage is just use coins everywhere. Just get all your coins, start giving them out. Let's get. We don't need to get back into the homeless topic. I think that's not necessary. No, it's not. Uh, but uh, yeah, go play video games. Go to putt putt golf. Do I was laundry. thinking. See, I was thinking more of like you should just carry a ton of change. So when some turd asks you to pay exact change, you should just start counting out your nine dollars and eighty two cents in coins. I like that. Did you ever see the video of the guy who went to pay his? Traffic fine and pennies. Yep. <laughs> and, they and they wouldn't take it. 
<laughs> yeah, which makes no one? sense to me, especially yep. with a coin shortage. Well, well, no wonder why there's a coin shortage. <laughs> Government's not even accepting it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, well, I probably have about $30 in change just in and around my truck. Yeah, well, we just turned in, I don't know, it was like 40-something bucks at Coinstar the other day, and I'm pretty sure... I don't know. Let's say it was forty-seven dollars. I'm pretty sure that forty-six of it was my change that my eight-year-old found, and the rest <laughs> and the rest was his. Um, because all of a sudden, I just couldn't find change anywhere—not in my truck, not in my dresser drawer, not. I mean, it was nowhere. Smart kid. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, also, I thought <laughs> something that was funny was uh, my kids this past weekend did a twenty-five cent tag sale. Which I, for fun, told my wife that I thought that was very insensitive during a coin shortage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but somehow they made like 20-something bucks on quarters. What, what were they selling for 25 cents? They, they just wanted to have a tag sale, and they just put random... Cr- I mean, honestly, there was stuff that was like pretty good deal stuff. Like I had a couple of, uh, a couple of ball caps... Couple of Nationals ball caps that probably cost me, I don't know, 25, 30 bucks at the stadium. <laughs> but uh, just got a little old and raggedy, and people bought those right up. Um, they just sold like toys, like random pictures, just stuffed animals, um, puzzles, games, just kind of. We basically it was stuff that we would have just brought to Goodwill, and they just sold it off for 25 cents and donated it to the local food bank. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were keeping it to bribe their teachers once they go to virtual learning. Well, they're already in virtual learning. How's that going? Well, today was the first day, and our eight-year-old, who does not sit long for very well, had quite a few moments where he just literally got up from his chair and just ran around the circle of our house, like just screaming, and then just sat back down as if nothing happened. (laughs) Yeah, and and then my eleven year old, or almost eleven year old, looked at me and he was just like, "What's wrong with him?" <laughs> yep, that's that learning demon coming out. Yep, yep. I was like, "You okay, buddy?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> just had to get that energy out really quick, huh? But um, uh, I think it's. I do think it's. Well, speaking of getting back to school, I think it's funny. Um, so I happen to be very close to a public school educator, person. Oh yeah. And so uh, I'm privy to uh, a lot of the things that are shared amongst teachers. Yeah. You guys and are, she is meeting in person like two days a week, right? She's there four days a week. No. Oh. With students. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. She's, ris- she's really risking her life. Yeah, potentially, you know. But she, it's amazing what information is being shared between educators for suggestions for going back to school and how to be safe. Um, there are teachers that are looking, like they probably, my guess, they've watched way too much, uh, what's that hospital show? Um, house? Like House or... The Good Doctor? General Hospital. Nurse Jackie? Like <laughs> yeah. What's that What's one? that like love story one? Grey's Anatomy? That's the one I'm thinking of. Grey's uh-huh. Anatomy. You know they've all watched Grey's Anatomy. Uh, so During the anyway, spring when they weren't teaching. So Yeah, exactly. So I think they've got all these ideas. Because some of them 
are purchasing full medical garb scrubs. Um, full decked out gloves. Uh, full mask, respirator. Oh my gosh! And they're not, I'm not even joking. They have the like the muck shoes to go over their shoes, like the stethoscope. Shoes, like the, ca- the cable guy wears. <laughs> yeah, that's the next thing. So that's the funny thing. Like where, where? Obviously, they're not biology teachers because, like, wouldn't they understand how viruses spread? But their plan is not only to wear all this medical gear, uh, this PPE. Um, but they also plan on shedding it and either discarding it or washing it every single day. Oh my gosh. Um, it's just interesting to me, the lengths that folks will go without really thinking it through. Now, Um, are these same people putting on this costume, I guess we could call it, when they go to the grocery store, you think? (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. That's the funny part. Why is it all of a sudden just because they're not going to be? They're not supposed to be close to the students. You're supposed to be like up in front of the room. You're not supposed to be close to them. They're cleaning everything in between classes. They have all these uh, air duct systems, cleaning so HEPA filters. Who knows? But yeah, uh, they have UV lights killing bacteria here and there. Kids are all washing their hands. Um, but yes, they're they're somehow worried about a contagion. Um, approaching them and getting into their nostrils and infecting them. I can so imagine I just, one day one of them are on their way to work and there's a car accident and everyone hops out to see what's going <laughs> on and someone says, I need a doctor or a nurse. I'm here. I'm and here. I don't worry. And they're I'm just here. sitting there I'm just looking, just dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I hope there's a doctor or nurse around and everyone's going to look to them. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of them are taking this opportunity to fantasize about what it would have been like to be a nurse on one of those shows mm. instead of teaching little snot-nosed kids all day long. I see, I see. I mean... It's, it annoys me. I don't know if you picked up on that. It annoys me. Some would call them heroes, Manny. Yeah, some people that are probably also wearing full gear, like as if they were a neuro mm. pediatric neurosurgeon. <laughs> I mean, they're heroes just like the grocery store clerks. We're all heroes. That's right. In our own minds. <laughs> yep. In our own stories. Yeah. Yep. I mean, well, there's none of that because, you know, people are just teachers here. I think some teachers are actually in classrooms doing these uh, calls uh, with their students here in Virginia, at least at our school. And then some are at their own homes. Um, but, yeah, so no one, no one's playing dress up at least. <laughs> That's too bad. Dude, if I was a student in middle school, my teacher showed up in that gear. It's almost like tempting me. It's like a challenge. Like, oh, you think that gear is going to stay intact? Like, I would figure out a way to, like, shoot him with a spitball under the mask or tear a hole in the back that they can't see or write something on it or something. I remember they get, we they get a little tear in it and the alarm goes off. Every This is bad, but... Every morning when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade, oh, I would buy a box of pens. Right, exactly. I would buy a box of pens, and then we would use them to huck them at teachers when they turned their back to the class. <laughs> and that was the only purpose. We like I, I spent probably $20 in between Bobby and I buying pens just to huck at teachers. <laughs> don't, I don't know why. 
Why not, really? No one ever... That we would hit this poor science lady in the back with pens, like, several times through class. And she would just ignore it. She would just take the abuse. <laughs> well, I never threw things at teachers. Mainly because I was homeschooled throughout most of my schooling <laughs> career. Um, but, I mean... Also, I just I don't think I would have gone that far. Uh, but I did have my one year of high school that I was in public school. We had a geometry teacher who always wore sweaters, and they were always tight on him, and he always had rock-hard nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember me and a few friends would always go into that class. We'd go down to the, to the cafeteria where they had a little, like, candy store, and we'd buy gobstoppers. And we'd go into that class every day with gobstoppers in our shirts. <laughs> and we would just sit there, and he would pretend like none of us were making fun of his giant nipples poking out. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yep. I, I was like, why would I, I get what you did with the gobstoppers. Yep. Yeah, we, we <laughs> pretended they were our nipples, Manny. Got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. We had a substitute teacher for, what was it, 7th and 8th grade in one of the worst schools in Norwalk, in my opinion. West Rocks. Yeah. And that was uh, Mrs. Dick. Oh, it's horrible. It was the worst name for a middle school substitute teacher. And she used to get very upset with us, believe it or not, because, of course, you have to preface every question with, Mrs. Dick? <laughs> and then, yes. And she was really old. And, you know, she was nice. You could tell she was nice, but just didn't take anyone's BS. We would ask her things like, did you serve in the army at one point? No. Like, excuse me, Mrs. Dick, have you ever killed a man with your bare hands? No. <laughs> I remember one time my mom asked the principal outright, like, is there a different substitute teacher that, that could come into the class? Because I am the, tired the, of hearing this from my son. The principal literally responded, she's the only one that returns. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think about those times. Once again, I was only in public school for kindergarten and then my senior year of high school. I figured I'd, you know, I'd start and end right. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, we also had a teacher that me and a friend, for some reason, we thought it was hilarious to have the mating. So she used to voice over children's books. So we made our own like voiceover, and it was called The Mating Calls of Mrs. Bustalis. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just use this little British accent and be like, Mating Call 498. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just doing it in the middle of class, and she would just ignore us. <laughs> and we were loud enough for the whole class to hear, that's for sure. Man, it's moments I... like that, though, that I worry about my boys. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. Then you realize, like, that's un sadly like a typical school experience. <laughs> yeah. Like all that ter all those terrible things we did. Oh yes, uh, I have one son too, who his only purpose to go for going to school when school was in session uh, was to make his friends laugh. So. <laughs> I can relate. Yep, I'm like this is gonna be trouble. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest, it's all funny. <laughs> It's sadly, it's very funny at the at the expense of others. But you know what? You're a teacher. You're that's what you're there for. You're there for ridicule and oh, abuse yes. from students. Yeah, I will never forget, and I will always bring this up and laugh about it, which I get in trouble with my wife for. Because apparently, 
No. Never but appar- apparently I, in- I am encouraging this behavior by laughing, <laughs> which is probably true. Uh, but I'll never forget getting a call from our son's teacher last year um, saying that he was in trouble because him and a friend were pulling leaves out of the woods during recess and rubbing it on other kids, telling them it was poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, it wasn't poison ivy, but they thought that would be funny. And I was like, that, that's pretty funny. That is kind of funny. And secondly, isn't there an adult responsible for keeping them out of the woods? <laughs> like, I don't, don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do from home? You want me to come over there and, like, supervise? <laughs> like, playtime? I, I don't know. <laughs> Man, first grade through fifth grade, I literally had a fight every single day. Oh. We would arrange to fight. <laughs> and the... <laughs> What's what's strange to me is that there weren't a ton of kids at recess. I don't know what they thought we were doing, but they never once stepped in to stop us. You just didn't care back then, man. I guess not. We were kicking each other and throwing, punching each other in the stomach, throwing each other into playground equipment. <laughs> yep. And now we have, I mean, I remember not too long ago living in Connecticut, we had friends who their sons got um, suspended for a week from school. This is elementary school. Because they were shooting each other with Nerf guns at the bus stop before getting picked up from school. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even (laughs) during school hours or on school property. And it was Nerf guns. (laughs) So I think things have just changed a little bit since then, Manny. Sadly, I I think so. I think people have gotten a lot softer. Yeah, we're just sending our kids into war zones every day, you know? (laughs) I think is what what the narrative is now. Everybody should stay home and hunker down. Yeah, yeah, hide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, where are you at with that cigar, Manny? I'm about a half inch from the band. You? Uh, if I hadn't already taken the band off, I'd probably be about there. But I've got like an inch and three quarters, two inches left of it, and I think I'm done. I'm not quite done, but I will tell you, I had to relight it. Yep, I've had um, to relight it three times. Yours, yours went out three times? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mine went out once. Um, I did not. I just had to relight it. I haven't had to touch it up since. But, it's, I mean, it's not bad. It doesn't affect the flavor negatively. Yeah. I mean, it didn't affect the flavor negatively. I was just done relighting it. And, I mean, that's not entirely the cigar's fault. We were also chatting it up. <laughs> you know us. Yeah. Just chatty Kath. I mean, chatty Kevins. Sorry. I don't want to do that. I think that's Karen, though. No, you can't use a woman's name now with those kind of things. Uh, sorry. Yep. We should, you know, our next episode should be all about political correctness. I think we'd be really good at teaching our listeners political correctness. I think that should come from us. I mean, if it comes from anyone, why not us? Yeah, let's do it. Let's claim to be the experts on every every hot topic, and we right. know the most appropriate way to deal with it. And I'll order it. myself some scrubs to be able to talk about this. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> oh man, man, the horrible things we used to. What what kind of pranks can you pull on uh, virtual learning? I wonder. Um, I'm sure there's a lot. If you mailed your friend a bomb and then he opened it <laughs> while he was on Zoom, then you'd see it blow up. That'd be funny. Oh yeah, I wonder how they'd handle bomb threats during COVID when you're virtual learning. I know they're discussing what to do for snow days here in Virginia. 
That's not oh, even good. a joke, considering it doesn't virtual. snow, and everyone's virtual. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They're toying with the idea of still giving kids snow days. Huh. Yeah. Why not? You know? That's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... Oh, speaking of loose change and teachers, let me combine our two topics of the day. Oh, do it. One time, again, Bobby, terrible influence, uh, and I, it was during wrestling camp, we got bored. So we climbed onto the roof, which was usually locked, but I checked it every single day, and I noticed today (laughs) it was unlocked. (laughs) This is like the methodical mind of a I I bet there's some janitor behind this story that was just like, I'm just going to leave it unlocked today for those kids. Well, well uh, there we did get caught by the janitor once, but um, not this time. We went up with a roll, two rolls of nickels, and <laughs> started throwing them on top of teachers' cars from the roof of the high school. Oh, so yeah, it was bad. But I think the statue of limitations is up on that one. Yeah, you should be good. Yeah, we, we did uh, get caught by the janitor one time. It was also during wrestling camp. Uh, we did a lot of bad things during wrestling camp when we were unsupervised. But uh, we clogged all the toilets with toilet paper and then <laughs> decorated like strung toilet paper all over the bat- all over the bathroom like ribbons, <laughs> <laughs> as if like someone made a masterpiece of clogged toilets. and then on our way out we were giggling my abs were cramping up from laughing and there was that giant like six foot three janitor with his arms folded blocking the doorway uh oh we're like oh uh and i thought about running and the instant i thought he said don't even think about running i was like oh oh okay see this is all making sense why your parents pulled you out of public school and put you in private school Uh, yeah i'm not gonna defend that yeah. But um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it got better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was actually very nice. He just said, "You better clean that up because I ain't cleaning that shit up." So <laughs> we obliged. We cleaned it all up, washed our hands, and that was it. He didn't give us. He didn't. He didn't get us in trouble. But he could have. Yeah, I do remember on the first floor at Wilton High School, the bathroom was closed down for half the year, and I was not a part of this, but I knew everyone who was. To where people would deliberately pee on the floor next to the urinals. <laughs> Kids are so gross. And then <laughs> I have a certain family member who it was his job to pee on at least two students every day. What? <laughs> to where he'd just be standing there, and if you stood next to him, you were getting peed on. Like, he'd just, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> That's when you turn and just pee right back. Oh, oh, that happened many times, which is, I think is how the trend got started. But they eventually closed that bathroom down. We had a, similarly, we had a ghost toilet in our, in West Rock's upstairs bathroom. So one of the kids had broken a urinal and they just removed it. And so there was just this empty space. And so the, the, the nonverbal agreement between all of us was just use, continue to use the urinal that wasn't there anymore. (laughs) So we just, we just kept peeing in the same corner of the bathroom. (laughs) Dude, kids are horrible. We also used to take the tops of the urinals and you could, with your hand, detach the pipe from the top of the urinal and you could turn the pipe so it angled out. 
And then when someone would come into the bathroom, we'd be waiting around the corner and flush it. And so it would shoot out at the person coming coming into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, this is making me wonder. That picture that I sent you the other day, Manny, of the spray on the wall in a Home Depot bathroom. Makes me wonder if people are deliberately doing that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Because I, I can't imagine a scenario where you'd accidentally do that. Was that poop on the wall you're talking about? Uh, yeah, that picture I sent you was splatter. Not not on the wall behind the toilet, but on the wall where the door was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, and, you know what it is? Maybe someone was throwing up and then <laughs> all over out the back. <laughs> I guess it's possible. It was a really high <laughs> arc, though. Throwing up with their pants down. <laughs> Isn't that the only way? <laughs> that's that's private. Let's keep that out of this. So, so, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I never thought we'd come to the point that we'd be talking about potty humor on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Oh, well, maybe it's good that maybe kids should just <laughs> learn from home. For the rest of eternity. Yeah. yeah. Second thought, this isn't such a bad idea. All this yeah, virtual learning. Yeah, as long as they don't find pee all over our floor. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start doing this at home. Yeah, teachers actually you. just sat around and they were like, you know what? We are sick of boys pissing all over the bathrooms. <laughs> Let's just do this thing at home. Oh, my gosh. We were yeah. so, I was so dumb and so bad. I remember this poor girl. She had her period for like the first time and it was on the seat that she got up from and for weeks afterwards people would stop her in the hallway and say do you know what period it is <laughs> oh gosh it's horrible <laughs> so bad i know i'm probably responsible for therapy years of therapy well i mean you can look at it this way she might also be one of the most successful women that came out of that school why is that because you just kept pushing her you know to strive like she- yeah, she was just like, you know, I just have to do my best now because I screwed yeah. up big time. Yeah, I mean, maybe. She's not. Yeah, well, I, I, well I have a certain stepbrother who was almost expelled but ended up being suspended because he used, uh, this is on a school bus, he used Axe spray and a lighter and lit some girl's hair on fire. <laughs> oh. He claims it was an accident, but I don't think it was. Oh, no. Yeah, so you just, you know what? With boys, you just never know. He pulled an MJ. An MJ? Michael Jackson. Did he also do that? He lit his hair on fire. Oh. During the shooting of a I was going to say, he didn't touch the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you didn't hear my story correctly. (laughs) Oh, well, you know what, Manny? This has been great. But I have so many other horrific stories. What am I even saying? I have so many other horrific stories of things we've done as children. Yeah, I mean, so do I. Do we want to go into that to end this podcast? All right. I think we should each pick one more awful thing we did as a child to share. All right. Am I going first? Is that why you're pausing? Do you have one? Um, I mean, it's not awful, but I believe it scarred this person even to this day. All right, let's hear it. All right, so I used to uh, frequent missions trips with our church (laughs) as a teenager, which I do feel like, unless you've got really good, strict supervision, you should never send like a group of 20 
high school students <laughs> to another country without their parents um, and very little supervision. But uh, anyways, uh, we, we, we discovered that a, and this is still, I mean, one of my very good friends, his younger sister, we discovered that she was not just afraid, but deathly afraid of crabs. <laughs> oh, mine is also about crabs. Oh, well, hopefully it's, hopefully it's the same kind of crabs. I'm talking about crustaceans. Yeah, no. Uh, oh. Excuse me. Yes, well, me too. I mean, my story, my worst, my worst, like, terrible thing I did was with crabs. Yes, and mind you, I think I've probably done worse things, but this is what I feel most guilty about. Um, so me and a friend of mine, um, and the father of this girl, mind you, who was one of our supervisors on this trip, all thought that it would be a hilarious idea to catch some crabs out of the water in Belize, um, put them all in the bathroom, and then trick this girl to come into the bathroom, which did not have any windows. Um, and, I mean, we, we, and we, we planned this whole thing out, that she would go into the bathroom, we'd trick her to go in there, we'd close the door, hold the door shut, and also, kill, and also kill the power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we, we tricked this. I mean, at the time, she was probably 14, maybe 15 years old. Uh, but I even coerced my now sister-in-law, but she was not my sister-in-law at the time, to be the one to lure this poor girl into the bathroom. Um, and we had a total of, like, I don't know, like five crabs in there. And it was the kind of bathroom that, like, there, it was just a shower, and it wasn't, there wasn't, like, a lip on the shower. It was just, like, a drain so that all the water in the whole bathroom could drain into that drain, if that makes sense. So we put them all in the, quote-unquote, shower, but they could freely roam out into the rest of the bathroom. And the bathroom was maybe like, I don't know, seven foot by like five foot max. So we get this girl lured in there. Uh, I get my now sister-in-law to come out and we close the door. She's like, oh, not funny. This is not funny. And we're like, oh, it's not funny, huh? She's like, yeah, let me out, guys. And I say, well, if you think that's not funny, wait till you find the crabs. (laughs) And she got silent. And then, I kid you not, blood-curdling scream. And then that's when I said to her father, now's the time to cut the lights. <laughs> and he turned the lights off. And that blood-curdling scream, I mean, you literally could feel it vibrating through the door. She was just screaming. And mind you, this girl was maybe five foot two, um, maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, and it was myself and three other high school guys holding the door shut because the door opened out from the bathroom. And she somehow muscled her way through that door. And then, like, the look of, like, pure anger and evil on her face. And, I mean, you, you know me. I've been this size for quite a while. <laughs> I was legitimately scared for my life. And I ran down to the basement where all the guys were staying. And I busted through the door with her probably, like, ten feet behind me. And all I said was, everyone hold the door. And we, at one point, had nine dudes pushing up against that door. And she was still breaking her way in. And then it just went silent. And we could not find her. She disappeared. <laughs> Uh-oh. In the middle of Belize City, in a place where one of the very strict rules was women, girls, do not travel alone. <laughs> Uh-oh. She disappeared. So it took us about an hour to find out where she was hanging out. And she was, I mean, a mess in tears. And, I mean, I've not seen her in a few years, but I know, because I talk to her father often and her older brother often, who was there and advised us not to do this. 
<laughs> but they're like, oh yeah, she brings that up all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. I don't think she trusted my now sister-in-law for years after that. So what's really interesting is my story is so similar to yours, and I I had that already in my brain as the one I was going to tell before you told yours. Well, we great minds. On, we were on a missions trip. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> and uh, one of the guys who was like a leader, he's an older guy, had a great sense of humor. He also had dengue fever. Oh. And a bunch of us got dengue fever um, that year. Uh, Sounds like you got it now. If it wasn't dengue fever, it was like the worst flu I've ever had. And it causes high fever for like three, four days, diarrhea, vomiting, extreme fatigue, like disorientation, sweats. You just feel so crappy. Like we're on a vacation island. Um, and if you, like, I was just in bed for four days. So two guys, two of the leaders had it and I thought they were getting some sleep. I, I, I don't think this now, but I thought it would have been funny to go catch some of the crabs that were walking all over the road and put them in their beds while they were sleeping. So myself, I was totally the leader of this dumb idea. I got two other friends to go catch some crabs with me. (laughs) And we put them in the beds while they were sleeping of the two leaders, who I thought would think it's funny. Um, It turns out they didn't. And we so we put the crabs in. We walked out, closed the door, and we were waiting outside. And we waited for a little while. And after about five minutes, we hear, What? What the hell? And then all of a sudden we hear all this crashing and banging. And then all these profanities, all these swear words coming out. And then I realized, oh, they don't think it's funny. So I ran to my room and I closed the door and locked it. And I hear, as soon as I get in there, I hear their door open. And I hear, Manny, where are you? And they they knew it was me. They were looking for me. They instantly knew. They came straight to my room. Full grown men. I was a teenager. And they were trying to break down the door. And I was just quiet. They were like demanding that I answer them. I didn't. I was terrified. I thought these guys are going to kill me. Like they flipped the switch. <laughs> and um, yeah. They, they killed all the crabs in their room by just stomping on them and went back to sleep. <laughs> and uh, I felt really bad about that afterwards Uh, i still feel bad about that because i i don't know maybe you just don't have empathy when you're little but like i i understand how uncomfortable they were and how infuriating that must have been in that moment (laughs) which let's be honest even now that makes it funny (laughs) i know i did forget to tell you the best part of uh of my story i'm sorry i'm sorry to make no no no, I, i just forgot but to make amends to this young lady um, we, we convinced her that all of this idea was the guy who was running the mission strip who lived down there, that it was his idea, which was not true. <laughs> he didn't even know, I mean, he was a prankster, but he didn't even know that we were doing it. And granted, he was on the sidelines <laughs> laughing afterwards, but we convinced her that it was his idea. So in order to make amends, we put four crabs in his Mitsubishi. Um, and it turns out we found out a week later, he only found three of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that made it a little better for her. 
Uh, we used to sell crabs for bait at uh, Fisherman's World, and once in a while they'd scurry under the cabinet forever oh. and never come out. Yes, we'd smell them for about a week. Yep. Well, oh. the Liga Provada T52, there you have it. Yep, that's it. Crabby. I just, I just put mine down. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, it's a good cigar every time. I've never been displeased. Well, I mean, I've never been displeased with the Drew Estate at all. But I've definitely never been displeased with any of the Liga Provada Unica Series line. Yep, I concur. But I don't and know where folks are getting two hours of smoke time out of that, though. No, I think they're pansies. Um, I would say, if you're a new cigar smoker um, that has some knowledge of cigars, you would think that this cigar was a kick-in-your-butt, full-bodied cigar, but it is not. I mean, I think that a newbie could enjoy this cigar just as much as anyone else. Yep. Besides the ticket I... price on it. Yeah, well, great job, Chase. Great job today on the show. Oh, thank you, Manny. Wow. I mean, you were mediocre. And, yeah, well, I understand, and I accept that. And for anyone who's still listening, we really want negative reviews. Tell us how bad we are, please. And also, please. at almost an hour and a half, if you're still listening, please seek help. Yes, it was not good to be listening to us for this long. Yeah, you can call our hotline at one eight hundred. What the hell is wrong with you? And we That's can recommend. Too many yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we made it work, uh, and we can recommend therapists in your area. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. You want to sing well, us out? Uh, no, I don't. All right. Good night. But, but good night. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>